What's going on, Abstract Sports Nation? Welcome to episode 51 of the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a unique perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. We're coming at you live on Facebook, if you didn't already know. So if you're listening on Anchor, if you're watching or listening on YouTube, shout out Clay Boy, I love you, man. Uh, feel free to jump over to the Facebook page. Join us for a live show sometime, facebook.com slash abstractsports. Share the podcast, share the live show with your friends and family because we touch on some topics that are a little bit more than sports. We talk, touch on things that are uh, relevant to all people, and I try to relate it back to people as much as possible. As, um, I mean, that's why it's bring sports back to life because sports have such a have a much bigger meaning than just a game. So um, if you are a regular viewer, listener, whatever, just know that I have a different setup th- uh, this week. So I had my boss man invest in some uh, a monitor stand for my two monitors that I have on my desk. And my camera is now directly in front of me. To uh, It's just the best place to put it now. And uh, I've got two monitors, on, one on either side of the camera. And so I'm looking right between the monitors at this point. So it makes things a little bit different for me this week. So if you catch me messing up, catch me goofing, catch me slipping and sliding, just know that that is why. A um, little bit of a, a routine change for me. Uh, once again, though, if you hear some some fluffy sounds going on outside my microphone, it's probably because this event that's going on outside my office, it's called the Live After Five. Um, basically, local brewers get some beer together. They have live music, and the locals come and partake and have a good time. So if you hear some sounds, that's probably what it's from. Just know it's not on me. I try to do my best to uh, soundproof this place, but, you know, I can only do so much. After all, I've got a giant window here, and that's not very soundproof. <laughs> uh, but without further ado, we do have a huge episode planned for you guys, touching on some pretty heavy topics this week, but then we're going to get into the lighthearted stuff, the stuff that we enjoy, the NBA Finals 2018. Let's All right, so I totally should have done this while the intro was playing, but I need a drink of water or this episode's going to be rough on my vocal cords. That should be good enough. I should try and get my drink sounds in the microphone just so y'all who are listening with the earbuds can hear all the sounds of me gulping and slurping, get all the drops in there. <clears throat> get the glug, 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 glug. But like I said, my setup is a little bit different. If you hear, if it sounds different this week or if you can't hear me, you're seeing me differently, please let me know. But my name is Kyle Clay 2 k Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at that handle. And I talk about all things basketball on those accounts. But today we're talking about a little bit more than that. There is some basketball stuff related to it. And so it made sense for me to tie it in this week. I mean, if you know me at all, if you've listened to this for the last 50 episodes, you know that I like all sports. I find the value in all sports. Um, basketball is just the one that I can relate to the most for So it's easy for me, uh, but it always flows into different sports. You know, there's different storylines that can kind of carry, like, you know, push the boundaries a little bit. And we have one of those today. Um, so I'm sure we've all heard about the national anthem protests that NFL players have, uh, have, have done, you know, silent protests by taking a knee during the national anthem to protest police brutality against African-Americans in the United States of America. Obviously a 
valid reason to be protesting and silently protesting even better. Um, <clears throat> if you've been paying attention to any of the storylines, you know that um, there's been some things going on with the NFL. And the NBA is sort of getting dragged into that a little bit just in this transition time where the NFL is about to uh, get their season kicked off kind of soon. I mean, still a little bit of ways away. But the NBA is in their, their biggest moment of the NBA Finals and storylines are starting to blend together a little bit. And that just goes to show that it's more than just about one sport or another. It's you know about us being people and being human beings. So if you don't know, um, it is a tradition that in, you know for any major American sport, uh, for the champions of that sport every year to get invited to the White House, get to meet the administration, uh, get a tour around the White House, hear all the different stories, um, and things like that. And it's it's just been a tradition. I don't know how long it's been going on. I know, uh, you know, President Obama, the two terms he was in, the eight years, he he welcomed that to the White House, and everybody was very open to it because he's a very sports minded guy. He can talk with them, he can BS with them, and he knows what he's talking about. And he does his job and all that stuff, but they do their job. And um, it's looked at as a privilege and an honor to meet the president of the United States and to tour that White House. You just think about how many people actually get to do that in their lives. Very, very few, you know, um, like war heroes, athletes, apparently um, people like that, people who are related to the administration. So I'm sure there's more than that, but that's just what I know. <laughs> <clears throat> but there's just there's a certain sense of professionalism that athletes have. It exhibits characteristics of what it means to be a good human being. Uh, you know, there are people in our community that our youth look up to, whether they are from the city of that team or not. I mean, I can relate to that. You know, I I grew up being a huge basketball fan. I loved Michael Jordan. I loved the Bulls because they were winning, and I was too young to know the difference. But when I saw Kobe Bryant come into the NBA, I, you know what? I'm like, he's only 18. That's like 10 years from now for my life. I'm going to be a fan of that team. And LA, you know, Los Angeles, Idaho Falls, Idaho, two very different places politically, socioeconomically, geographically, obviously, duh. But I think you get what I'm saying. People find their own ways of attaching to certain players, certain teams, and they kind of go with that. And I've done that my entire life as a sports fan. And so I know what it means to look up to somebody in the sports community, whether you uh, know them personally or not, and uh, whether they're from the same area you are or not. People will always find a way to find themselves in another person's story, in another, in another person's life. Um, and in this case, sports. But like I said, these athletes... They are human beings too, and people of, of our you know our youth in the United States of America, they look up to these athletes as leaders in their communities because they're doing good for their communities, um, and they're also wanting. They're sometimes these kids are aspiring to be professional athletes in that same sport or maybe a different sport, but they look up to them nonetheless. Some of us are you know are maybe less fortunate, don't have somebody to look up to. So athletes are a great place for that because they show all the different qualities that it is to be a decent human being. Unfortunately, um, that is the same reason why many of these professional athletes are choosing not to go to the White House these last couple of years because they believe the current administration does not reflect the values that they have 
as athletes and as people in this world. You know, just being genuinely genuinely nice to all people, accepting, um, open to equality, all that stuff. And I'm totally with the athlete athletes on this one. You know, they 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 see through all the crap and they call it out in the media. They have that sports platform that helps lift them up above the the general populace to point these things out that things are a little bit different than they used to be and and that's totally fine. And sometimes the words are much more harsh than that. I'm trying to keep it as objective as possible, but I'm pretty sure you guys know how I lean. I'm with the athletes on this one. Um, and so to keep it going with the NFL, since that's where all of this started, um, just know that like there's a story going on right now. The Philadelphia Eagles were uninvited uh, by President Trump within 24 hours prior to the champs' visit to the White House. What sucks is like once he caught wind of how many how many players from the team were actually going to go, he decided to cancel the event and uh, have an American celebration in its place, which is like, okay, that's fine. You're the president. You can do that. It was your event. You can cancel it. That's your life. That's totally fine. Um, one, one point that um, I heard on Spain and Fitz on ESPN radio uh, was Fitz was talking about how it is a huge privilege and an honor for players to get to go to the White House and meet the president and, you know, see all the history in that building that uh, is sort of the foundation of our country. Um, I mean, you know, generally speaking. So why not let the players who want to go, go? And the players who don't want to go, don't let them go. Similar to the NFL policy where, Players who don't want to stand for the National Anthem, stay in the locker room. If you want to stand for the National Anthem, go out on the big stage on the field for the National Anthem. And you can call that a form of segregation, if you will. But I feel like there's going to be more than one ethnicity in that locker room, if you know what I'm saying. And so the comment about him, like players who do want to go to the White House, they should be able to, similar to the NFL policy. And this just goes to show that uh, President Trump doesn't really agree with the policy that the NFL made. I know that he's been involved in a couple of deals with the NFL, trying to be an owner of a team. They never worked, and uh, he's a little bit salty, maybe a little bit salty. Um, but he uninvites the Philadelphia Eagles to the White House nonetheless. And I do have to mention that there was a, a guy, actually a white man at this event, this American celebration event at the White House, on the White House lawn, if I understand correctly, who took a kneel, who took a knee during the national anthem of that event. That's, clearly it's more than just, you know, it's, it's something that everybody knows. This, isn't, this is a story that everybody is following. He probably is kneeling because he has, he's, been, he's educated himself on what's going on. He understands the bigliness of this situation and he acted accordingly props to the guy who took a kneel like that is like the biggest bleep you i've seen recently i mean come on <laughs> that dude had some balls that's just one way to put it but to take it a different direction we all know where this started it started with colin kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem prior to an nfl game but we all feel like we know where it started, but really I feel like maybe a portion of us do. Uh, we know we know he was uh, he was kneeling during the, during the National Anthem, but did we know that he was actually sitting during the National Anthem initially? That's what he was doing. He was sitting until one of his, a former 49er 
uh, a former Green Beret military man wanted to talk to him about it and be like, hey, I feel like if you're going to do this, there's a more respectful way because you sitting down during the national anthem so shows you're not paying attention. It shows you're, um, you're not paying your respect. But there's like kneeling. Kneeling is a sign of praying. It's a sign of... Um, you know, putting forward your respects to the above or something that's bigger than yourself. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the direction that Colin Kaepernick took. And so on that note, I have a post that I shared uh, via, let's see, NFL Films. They put together a great uh, six and a half or plus se- uh, segment that talks about Colin Kaepernick. Um, in my post, I mentioned, uh, I'm going to link it to you here in just a second. And, uh, oh shoot, I need to try and remember to link this in the YouTube video, um, when I post this up and everything like that. But in my post, I commented with, with the caption by me, Colin Kaepernick sitting during the national anthem, this NFL season. So, so, you know, February 13, 2017. So 2016, 2017 NFL season is when it all started. Colin Kaepernick sitting during the national anthem, this 2016, 17 season, was all the rage and resoundingly negative rage at that. NFL Films put together this great piece on how American Green Beret turned long snapper Nate Boyer met with Colin Kaepernick about his situation. So I'm just going to drop this post link to y'all in the comments here and hopefully I remember to put it in the YouTube video so that people who are listening there can take a look at what I'm talking about. I imagine they have a Facebook account. If not, um, look up something along the lines of, uh, let's see, let's see, Nate Boyer, Colin Kaepernick. That's all you need to know. That that will bring up all the links you need on, on Google. So I'm just going to drop this comment right in here. That didn't work. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so there's a video. You can uh, watch it later if you'd like. Uh, if you want, if you want to pay attention to what I have to say for the rest of the episode, I mean, I don't know, but it is a great listen. It kind of gives a look into where, <clears throat> uh, not necessarily where the whole kneeling or pro- silently protesting the national anthem started, but um, twisting it to be more respectful to the general public. And then we all know that from there, it still got taken incorrectly, and it blew up. And I wouldn't say out of proportion because that's not fair to either side. It blew up. It gave this movement some noise. And I think it's important to note that the sports platform Colin Kaepernick had and used was used well. It's got, an, it's got a lot of traction, and uh, we're talking about it now. It, it may not all be positive. It may, not, it may not all be negative. But the fact that there are conversations happening about this, like I'm talking to my wife about this almost on a weekly basis. You know, we talk about the headlines, things like that, and – we're talking about this all the time and I get to know my wife better about, about the things that she cares about and she gets to know me about the things I care about and it kind of helps us understand each, each other better. And I mean, me and my wife, that's just one situation of us getting to know each other better. Just imagine what the rest of America could do if uh, opposing sides or like sides um, can talk about this issue and look at the objective facts, teach themselves on the subject and and then present what they've learned from other people. I think that's how things get better. Um, and this has been going on for a long time. 
I mean, like two years now, something like that. I mean, this coming preseason, it'll be two years. So just keep that in mind. And I, I do appreciate the fact that on this this link that I'm sharing on Facebook and hopefully on YouTube, I'm going to remember now. I've mentioned it enough times. I should remember to put this in the in the description. Uh, so in the link below on YouTube, click that link right now if you're watching Clay, <laughs> Clay, uh, and watch that clip and then continue from here. But that the fact that the NFL Films Facebook account posted that February 13th, 2017 tells me that that was during Super Bowl time. If I don't if I understand correctly, um, let's see. When is the Super Bowl? February 3rd, 2019. Yes. The Super Bowl is in February, ladies and gentlemen. NFL Films posted that around Super Bowl time to reflect on what the big story was about this season. At least that's me paraphrasing a little bit, but it was a big deal, okay? You should go watch that video. It's more history. It adds more history to that story than people actually care to look up and research, and it's done really well. It's NFL Films. I mean, you can call it slanted if you want, but if we're looking at what the NFL has done about the situation, it's slanted in the direction of Colin Kaepernick in this story. Not why I shared it, but it just gives more insight to the story. Just know that. That's my disclaimer, okay? <sighs> I digress just a little bit. But we all know where this started. Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the National Anthem prior to an NFL game. That's when people noticed it because he was out on the field when it happened. Uh, but do we know where, where it really started? It was him sitting on the bench. And then he went to kneeling after talking to Nate Hoyer of the, uh, you know, the former uh, Green Beret turned long snapper, somebody who's been involved in the military, gave him that inspiration and gave him that insight. He changed the way he was protesting. He listened to his advice. And we all know what's happened in, in the last couple of years since then. And to make a good transition into the NFL, uh, these – the, the recent happenings with the Philadelphia Eagles getting uninvited from the White House um, because the NFL or sorry NBA finals are going on right now, players in that league are being asked questions at their media days about what they think and what they feel about uh, the administration making those moves um, you know, just making those moves on fellow athletes that they probably know and have met, you know um. And basically, LeBron was asked the question first. Like, so this happened. And LeBron said that he had, he had barely been briefed on it. He just heard it had happened when he was making his response. And before you think I'm crying, I'm actually a little bit gassy. I'm, like, burping. So I'm not crying, guys. You wouldn't know if I was crying. It would be ugly. And it would sound ugly, too, for you audio people out there, non-video. But basically, LeBron's response was that um, if, you know, no matter which team in the NBA wins the championship, he feels that their response is going to be the same. And I'm not saying the same as in the same as in the Philadelphia Eagles and like, you know, players who want to go are going to try and go. But more like um, if the Cavs decide not to go, I mean, they what he was saying was that the Cavs weren't going to go. You know, being a team leader, he he said that up front. And then later on, Steph Curry was interviewed and he was asked the same question. And he said, I agree with LeBron. I think that 
um, with what happened last year and the way we handled the situation, we would handle it exactly the same. What he's saying is like, you know, they won the championship last year. If you're an NBA fan, you watch the finals, you know, they won the championship last year. They were invited to the White House and they, as a group, met met up with one another and they asked what they wanted to do, how they want to handle the situation, and they all decided to just not go. You know, they, they took control of that situation. You know, it's like, sort of like them send you an invite. Here you go. And then they're like, no, thank you. We're fine. We're busy. Or we, we, would, li- we would not like to go is basically how their response probably was. I'm sure it was a little more lengthy than that. But after, I do recall now that I'm talking about it, this is just freestyle right now. This is not in my lineup, not in my outline. But I recall that last year when the Warriors won the finals, they said they weren't going to go. And after the fact, President Trump was like, well, you're uninvited anyway. So he uninvited them after the fact. And that just really rustles my jimmies. Oh, man, my, my jimmies are rustled once again a year later. <sighs> Clay Dog will appreciate that comment. But that just shows how petty this whole thing is. It's just back and forth. A lot of he say, she say, I don't want you to do this, I don't want that, blah, blah, blah. And it's all just like up to the president what he wants to do. And I'm, I'm making my opinions very clear. This is not of the abstract sports platform, although that I am the face of that brand. But please direct your comments to Kyle Clay 2K. Get at me on Twitter. At Kyle Clay 2K. I'll spell it out. K-Y-L-E-C-L-A-Y 2K. The number 2, the letter K. Meaning basketball, NBA 2K. You got that? Please send me your tweets. Please at me and let me know what you're talking about. Because this is a big topic that... It is it involves the entire country, at least people who are um, NFL fans and people who want to uh, be involved in the current situation of things. Uh, I mean, if the president is talking about it, it must be an important topic, right? And this one definitely is. So before I transition from LeBron and Curry's comments going into the NBA, please remember that him kneeling during the national anthem was not about the military. We know that because of Nate Boyer standing up for Colin Kaepernick, or not standing up, but giving him advice on how to do the silent protest. We know it's not military-based because we have a guy who helped him. It's not about that, and it's not about the flag. The flag is very subjective. People understand it different ways, and he is silently, very kindly, silently protesting the injustices to African-American men and women, for that matter, in the United States of America. Let's get that straight. Those are the facts. Okay. Now with that, we've got some NBA action. Let me play this transition for you. I really need to upgrade that thing. It's pretty lackluster, especially after a huge, heavy segment like that. I need something better than that. Come on, Kyle. What are you doing? I got a lot of energy today, guys. (laughs) I don't know where it's coming from, but I love it. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I'm not even going to comment on that. (laughs) Sorry, I was just watching the playback on Facebook. That's hilarious. All right, we're about 30 minutes right now. The halfway point, the rest of this will go pretty quickly, but 
The storyline of these NBA Finals is, and you know what it is, J.R. Smith being a, being a dumb-dumb. He, he blew it at the end of regulation in Game 1. And here's what happened. Okay? This is off the top of my dome. I don't have this in my, my notes. But from what I remember, because I watched that thing, and I watched it again and again and again and again, because there were so many memes, I couldn't help but watch it. I mean, every social media outlet you go to, if you're a sports fan, you're seeing this shit everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, J.R. Smith, 4.6 seconds left on the clock. George Hill was fouled. LeBron had the ball in the final seconds, and he made a pass down into the paint or near the paint to George Hill. On that pass, Klay Thompson grabbed his arm, fouled him. They're in the bonus, so he went to the line for two shots. George Hill, he makes the first one. And that ties the game. I don't know what the numbers are on what the score was, but he ties the game with that one foul shot. He makes this next one. The Warriors have about 4.6 seconds to... Draft up a play. No, wait, they don't have timeouts. I think they're out. That's This is me being J.R. Smith. I don't know. Do we have timeouts? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Either way, there are 4.6 seconds on the clock for them to make a play and put it in the hole to get the win, right? Well, George Hill misses the second foul shot. <laughs> and in that situation, maybe J.R. Smith is thinking, like, he's going to make this. I'm just going to coast. But he misses it. And then J.R. Smith happens to get the rebound. He dribbled the offensive rebound on a free throw. Okay? That's something that does not happen. You, there, I, w- I would love to know how many offensive rebounds off a free throw happen during the regular season. Probably zero. I mean, on average, 0.1 a game in the NBA all season long. 82 games, 30 teams. 32 teams, sorry. Yeah, I don't see that happening. <laughs> uh, 30 teams. I always get that mixed up with the NFL. They're too close. They they just need to be the same so that I don't have to worry about that. But anyways, either way, J.R. Smith gets the rebound. He dribbles the ball out past the three-point line almost as if he thought that they were ahead. He thought they were ahead. And LeBron's giving him this look like That's a face you need to go watch YouTube for. Go find our YouTube channel, Abstract Sports. (laughs) Or Facebook. You can watch the live video. But what I'm saying is he must have thought they were ahead because he wouldn't have dribbled it out like that so quickly if they were behind with 4.6 seconds or behind or tied, whatever it is. But he looks up. He sees LeBron. LeBron's like, what are you doing, you big dummy? And then J.R. Smith just quickly passes it to, I think, George Hill in the corner who gets, like, blocked in the shot. But the, the he may have been fouled, but the clock had already buzzed. Game over. And after that happened, J.R. Smith is walking towards LeBron. LeBron's like, you know, expletive, expletive, probably, uh, I don't know. And J.R. Smith says to him, I thought we were ahead. You can see it in the video, guys. Go watch the video. Go find the clip. You know how to use the internet. And J.R. Smith is walking towards LeBron like, I thought we were ahead. That's, oh, man. Before I get sidetracked, I, can't, I won't get sidetracked. I got a point here. I got a point here. Um, okay, I was, just want to make sure I'm on track. 
So he thought they were ahead. And then this reminds me of some post-game interviews with the Warriors team uh, after that went down. And, you know, they had some very respectful remarks for him. They were like, you know what? It's just a game of basketball. They could have been like, oh, that sucks, man. Oh, that really sucks. That's going to hurt him. They could have played that card, but they didn't. They went the more, they took the high road. They were just like, you know what? It could have been me. They, that's just part of the game. You've got to be locked in at all times, especially in the NBA Finals. You've got to know the situation you're in with the clock, uh, what the score is, how many timeouts you have, all that stuff, whatever's in question. You've got to know what's going on. And J.R. Smith has had a past of you know, not living up to those standards. So it just makes sense that this would happen again. History repeats itself. Um, this time on a less heavy note, I guess, compared to the previous segment. But... I think you see where I'm coming from. Um, I feel bad for J.R. Smith, but then again, he knows how to take a punch. He'll be all right. But the worst part about this whole situation is this, okay? This this is going to lead us into the final segment, and I'll get you guys out of here. It's been 35 minutes. It's a relatively short episode compared to what we've done. But after the J.R. Smith play happened, there is footage of just the Cavaliers bench after that play happened. And you can go find that online too. I'm not going to link it. Go find it. It's 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 big. If you're a basketball fan, you've got to see that and understand what happened. So J.R. Smith made that mistake. He told LeBron he thought they were ahead. Okay. And they're sitting on the bench. They're sitting there for like maybe, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute. And they're all looking pretty calm. Like, you know how professional athletes can be, how like after a play happens, for example, like Russell Wilson of the Seahawks, if he throws an interception and he has, he does like, I don't know what you call it, uh, yoga, but it's more than that. It's like kind of existential stuff. But like, if he makes a mistake, he'll like in his head, he'll push a reset button kind of like, okay, that's over. Forget about that. Let's move on. And that's kind of what the look was on a lot of these players faces on the bench. LeBron, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson was standing there. Kyle Corver was standing there. And coaches were walking around just sort of like after the play happened, trying to get their wits together. But all the players are just like locked in, like either they were zoning out or they were locked in trying to take in what happened or trying to think about the next thing. But they were all really quiet, just like going about their business, like silent, not talking to one another at all, nothing. And then Ty Lue comes over to the, to the bench and LeBron looks up at him. He's like, did we have any timeouts? Something like that. And Tyloo's said something probably along the lines of, we had one. And LeBron freaking lost it, man. He just like, oh, he melted. Two two hands, head in both hands. Hands, like knees, elbows on his knees. Like, oh, I'm giving up. I can't believe it. Are you kidding me? And the point that I'm trying to make, I mean, let me just, let me pound on that a little bit more. After he put his head in his hands, he was, my hair's all messed up now. He was pissed. I mean, rightfully so. Uh, one player wasn't locked in, and it kind of, it, it cost the team a chance at getting the win. And I think that's where J.R. Smith is going to stay alive. That's where, that's where LeBron will still bring J.R. Smith with him wherever he goes this offseason. But <laughs> uh, he has that three-point touch, okay? He can get hot when you need it. But... He also does stuff like this. <laughs> so 
LeBron is just fit, like visibly upset for the next minute and a half of that video, and you can't help but feel bad for the guy. And this is kind of where I'm trying to go. This is how the Cavs are letting LeBron down. And if if you've listened to any of these podcasts before, please let me tell you again that I respect LeBron James for everything he's done. He's a great leader on the basketball court, off the basketball court, great example to his kids, great example to the people of America, all those things. He's everything you want in an in a professional athlete or a human being in general, somebody who succeeds at their job, somebody who excels at their job, somebody who breaks records at their job, and somebody who treats their family right and does good things for their community. He does all the right things, right? But the Cavs organization, I mean, this is where it kind of like, it makes the sport look so much smaller after all the things I just said, but this is where the Cavs organization is letting him down. They had a timeout. The one time that LeBron didn't think to call a timeout with 4.6 seconds to go in regulation of game one of the NBA finals, the coach didn't call a timeout. None of the other four players on the on the court called a timeout. J.R. Smith had the ball in his hands. He, he at least has a little bit of an excuse, but everybody else on that team besides J.R. Smith and LeBron James that are on the court, the other three players, they're looking at LeBron like, if you call a timeout, that's meant to be. If you don't, then we're just playing this play out like it's supposed to be. In this case, it didn't happen like that. It was like, if we had four, like, he got the rebound. They could have called a timeout with, like, you know, if I'm being generous, like 3.5 seconds to go in regulation. That's enough time for a catch, a dribble, and a shot. You got a guy, a guy like Kyle Korver whose hot spot, his sweet spot, is to come off a screen on the wing and and take a shot off of barely being squared up. You need one second for that shot. Come on. Derek Fisher can make a shot in 0.4 seconds and beat the clock against the Spurs in the playoffs. And they can't manage to call a timeout. They can't manage to strategize to put themselves in a position to win. That's not on LeBron. LeBron's done enough for this team this season. Steve Foster, or Steve here on Facebook, he says, definitely the coach's fault. That is a coaching problem. And, I mean, we've heard it all season long that LeBron is the coach of this franchise now. And it's sort of a joke, but it's kind of serious. Like, Ty Lue doesn't hold any weight in that huddle. It's LeBron James. And I think that's because LeBron James just legit has a higher basketball IQ than Ty Lue and anybody else in that coaching lineup. Seriously. Those coaches, sure, they're old, but LeBron, he's been going to the finals eight years in a row. He's got some knowledge, boys and girls. Let's not get it wrong. He's got some knowledge. So if I'm going to go off my outline, try to tell you what I'm saying here, um, a lot of their success is because of LeBron James. So, of course, they look to him. And that's what Jalen Rose and Paul Pierce and those guys were saying. Or no, Paul Jalen Rose after the game was like, my thought was he was looking to LeBron. I would look to LeBron too. That's what I would do because LeBron holds so much weight in that on that team, especially when he's on the court. Uh, my points here, I say he takes so much responsibility for the team to the point of being called a coach. He's that strong of a leader on the floor as a player and his basketball IQ is through the roof. 
He is doing everything he can for that franchise, and the coaching staff can't even call a timeout from the bench. Nobody on the court called the timeout. Does it have to be LeBron every single time? Somebody needed to step up in that situation. The one time LeBron doesn't rise to the occasion, the team crashes and burns hard, hard, by double digits in overtime against a damn good Warriors team. The Cavs could have won that one. And they didn't because of a strategizing error. And that, my friends, is all I've got for you on this episode. I'm cutting it off right there. I'm like, I'm clearly passionate about what's happened. And I feel bad for for J.R. Smith because mistakes happen. You know, they happen. You've got to learn to live to learn from those things. And you've got to forget about it at the same time in his situation and move forward. You're down 2-0. Let me bring up this playoff picture real quick. You're down 2-0 in the NBA Finals 2018, going against uh, one of the best teams of the last five years. I mean, I'm going to say five because that's a safe bet. (laughs) Down 2-0, but you lost. Honestly, this is going just as my prediction laid out. Cavs are going to lose both games in in Oakland. The fact that they had one right there almost on on their fingertips and lost it, that would have changed the entire perplexion of this finals. It really would have. You get one on the road in the first two sets of games, and that's the narrative. That's that's what's going to drive what happens. If they get one in game one or two, especially game one, that's where they have the chance, this probably goes to game seven. I mean, just based off of like momentum and how things work in the NBA, that's what happens. Because you go back home to Cleveland, you maybe win one or two. You could be up 3-1 against a number two seed of the Western Conference who's been there for four years in a row. Okay? With that being said, game three tips off in about, I don't know, 17 minutes, 20 minutes, something like that, in Cleveland. Okay? Game three in Cleveland. The Cavs need to get one on at, at home. <laughs> they wish they got one on the road. But they need to get one at home, and my prediction says they will get one. And if they're going to get one, it's probably going to be game three because the Warriors, they know what to expect going into Cleveland in a game three situation on the road. But that crowd can really shock you at first, and you have to readjust. And maybe they won't adjust this time and they'll get a loss. But I do think the Cavs walk out of Cleveland with one win in these next couple of games, and then Warriors are going to finish it in five. But the Warriors, keep in mind, the Warriors will get one in Cleveland, probably game four. Um, Not by a huge margin, but enough to get the win. So that does it for me. My name's Kyle Clay 2K. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Those are my basketball accounts where I talk about basketball only. Um, Lately, I've been pretty big into NBA 2K League, uh, providing them with some valuable information about stats and uh, stories. So please... If you haven't already, follow and subscribe to all of our social channels. The ones we're most active on would be uh, obviously here, facebook.com slash abstract sports. There's going to be some links on the next screen. Uh, then you got Twitter at abstract sports. Everything is at abstract sports. That's our handle. Find us on Instagram. We're not very active on there. Mostly when we post articles um, because it's hard to be a one-man team and make things get crazy on, on the Instagram. And I'm choking up because I'm like, been talking so much but 
Follow us on YouTube also at Abstract Sports. You can just search for us. You'll find our logo. Give us a, a, a subscribe if you'd like to watch the post-production uh, videos. But also, if you want to get involved as a writer, a podcaster even, if you want to talk about sports, you want to be a guest on a show, please let me know. Uh, go to abstractsports.com slash contact. Send us an email via our, our contact form, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can, usually within a day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, you can also send us a message on Facebook. But if you want to support the podcast and the blog and on more terms than just being a viewer, listener, or reader, go to abstractsports.com slash support. And with that, I want to say thanks, you guys. This has been a very energetic episode. I'm extremely excited about that. Very big topics we covered today. Please share this with your friends and family. I feel like I had to have made some good points today. Share it with the people that you think will find some value in it because that's where I find value in my work. So with that, I want to say I am Kyle Clay 2K. I'm your host of the Abstract Sports Podcast, episode 51. We'll see you next Wednesday, episode 52. Let's go.